Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast for entrepreneurship community practitioners. This podcast is a production of Startup Space, an entrepreneurship community building platform. I'm your host, David Panraj. We're launching this podcast to highlight the stories of everyday community leaders who break down barriers to entry for underserved and underrepresented entrepreneurs. Today, we'll be speaking with Jessica Erickson. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, thank you. Jessica, can you tell us a little bit about your work, your designation, and your organization? Um, yeah, so as you said, I'm Jessica Erickson. I'm the president and CEO of Longmont Economic Development Partnership. Uh, Longmont EDP is a public-private nonprofit economic development organization. We serve the city of Longmont, which is a city of about 100,000 people located on either the northern edge of the Metro Denver region or the southern edge of the northern Colorado region, depending on who you talk to. And tell me a little bit about the work that your organization does. Sure. So Longmont Economic Development Partnership really exists to help build and maintain a vibrant and inclusive economy for Longmont and to help the community achieve its full potential for growth, for prosperity and for inclusion. We're, as I mentioned, we're a public-private partnership organization, a truly networked organization. Um, we leverage the time, talent, and treasure of leaders from both the public and private sectors to ensure that Longmont becomes the best version of itself. Currently, our work is focused around leading the implementation of a citywide economic development strategy, and we use a collective impact framework that focuses on goals and priorities related to talent, industry, place, and connectivity. Um, our strategy and our community's vision for its future recognizes that not just growth, but also prosperity and inclusion are the pillars of a strong and resilient local economy. So given that we've heard a lot about Boulder and Denver and how they're like the top five communities for startups, uh, I see that Longmont is like the best kept secret. So what's the secret and why uh, are you uh, kind of highlighting what Longmont does? So I think the secret is, um, you know, you mentioned we, we're we right next to Boulder. Um, we're just down the road from Denver that are globally recognized as hubs for entrepreneurial and innovative activity. Um, but the reality is, is that Longmont, again, a city of 100,000 people, has a long history of entrepreneurship and innovation. We have one of the highest rates of patent issuance and uh, uh, innovation score second only to places like uh, the Bay Area and Boston. And that's all without having a, a research institution or a university within our community. It's as a friend of mine um, in the entrepreneurial ecosystem building community once said, we're just a city full of mad scientists um, that are innovating and inventing and launching businesses. Okay, I did not know that. So, so that's really cool. Can you talk to us a little bit about the type of businesses that have come out of Longmont and not really to show like it's a startup ecosystem or whatever, but to kind of understand uh, what are the resources available for entrepreneurs in Longmont? Um, yeah, so we, we are historically a manufacturing town. Um, we have a seven times concentration of other cities our size in manufacturing employment, particularly in advanced and smart manufacturing. A lot of that comes from um, a history of having companies here like Seagate and Western Digital and all of the, and Xilinx, and many of the big players in the storage industry have locations here in Longmont or um, 
facilities here in Longmont. And uh, we also have IBM just outside of our municipal borders and very close to storage tech that all in the 90s and early 2000s were spinning out new companies that were landing in Longmont um, on a regular basis. And so those companies have grown to become our, our primary industry base here and continue to spin out more innovators and, and more companies. Can you also tell us a little bit about your background, Jessica? Like what got you into economic development? What's your inspiration to do this work? Um, yeah, so I actually, I moved to Colorado in 2002 from Minnesota. Uh, my past life, I, I worked for an actually a, a technology startup that is now one of the leading providers of IT certification, testing, and um, education programming in the country. So uh, I had kind of an entrepreneurial background uh, before coming to Colorado. I came here to Colorado in 2002, right in the middle of the tech bubble burst in a very technology employment heavy environment. And so there wasn't a lot of opportunity at that time for me to continue down that same career path. And so I started uh, to connect myself with um, the Chambers of Commerce and the Economic Development Organizations uh, in an effort to identify my next step in that career uh, when I actually ended up falling into uh, my career in economic development in Broomfield in, in 2003 and have been working in Colorado in economic development ever since. Uh, spent the first eight years of that career in Broomfield, uh, which is a, a North Metro Denver suburb, uh, a couple years in another North Metro Denver suburb, and then uh, spent a couple years at the governor's office of economic development and international trade before coming here to Longmont in uh, 2015. So I've been here about six years running this organization. And very early on in my career, uh, you know, economic development used to be about chasing deals and, and big job creating projects and and um, actual development, physical built environment development, and, and all of that's still a part of what we do. But I recognized early on that we had an opportunity uh, to really have a greater impact on our community, that uh, a, a community's economy didn't ebb and flow just with those large primary employers or those large deals that you see headlines of, but was really driven by uh, the entrepreneurs, the small businesses that were really creating the majority of the jobs within our community and creating the majority of the prosperity within our communities and our ability to support and encourage that kind of economic activity in our community was going to lead to greater prosperity for our, our entire population. A lot of the practitioners that listen to this podcast ask us about how do you go about standing up an entrepreneurship ecosystem. Given your vast experience and given that a lot of the pioneers of ecosystem building, I've heard, rumor has it, I don't know if it's true, reside in Longmont. So I don't know if they, these are coffee conversations or happy hour conversations. How do you go about building, in very simple terms, a successful and robust entrepreneurship ecosystem? I think for me, first and foremost, it has to be about the entrepreneur. And the only way that you can create an ecosystem or build an ecosystem around the needs of entrepreneurs is to really meet local entrepreneurs, business owners, innovators, uh, inventors, where they're at. So um, not trying to, you know, we like to try to policy our way to things. Um, I've worked in government. And so 
um, creating policies that are intended to support um, entrepreneurial development or small businesses without talking to small business owners and entrepreneurs um, typically doesn't create an effective or um, resourceful entrepreneurial ecosystem. And so I think it really starts with bringing local entrepreneurs to the table to understand what their needs are, what their pain points are, and where we can be a resource in addressing those. And when I say we, not just we, my one organization or an individual entrepreneurial development organization, accelerator, incubator, um, or whatever it might be, but uh, the collective impact of the entire community and all of the organizations that have the ability to respond to those resource needs and those pain points that our entrepreneurs are feeling. And then I think um, the big thing that we're working on now and one of the greatest challenges of building an entrepreneurial ecosystem is creating that no wrong door ecosystem. So this idea that anywhere an entrepreneur, entrepreneur goes within a community to get the support that they need to be successful, that they're getting access to the same toolbox and getting connected to the same resources, whether they start with me, whether they start with the SBDC, whether they start with the chamber, whether they start with our local accelerator. Yeah, can you elaborate on that idea? Because we uh, also uh, work in a lot of communities where we're trying to break down these silos so that no matter who you talk to in the ecosystem, they can guide you very quickly to the right place. Because as an entrepreneur, getting into the wrong door means that you're going, down, going to go down the wrong path and ultimately you're going to waste a lot of resources uh, course correcting. So how do you go about having all of your stakeholders and ecosystem partners singing from the same hymn book? Um, yeah, so it, and you make a very good point. So there's this misconception out there, I think, amongst the general public that there's one place a person can go to to get and do everything they need to start and grow a business. Um, and whether they think that's the Chamber of Commerce, the SBDC, a government office or an organization like mine, I think that people really believe that there's a place uh, to go to start a business when the reality is that entrepreneurs and small business owners have to navigate all of that and then some um, and then kind of figure out the rest themselves. And so the way that we're approaching it is that, again, we started with where are our entrepreneurs at? What are their needs? What are their pain points? And then we've identified all of the organizations that have the ability to address those needs and those pain points aligned us around the same vision and the same goals for supporting entrepreneurial development in our community. Um, and now I think the next step for us and, and where we got connected with startup spaces is this idea of creating that physical or virtual place that somebody can start or that's a known starting point for um, entrepreneurs to be able to go to to get access to all of us and the resources that we have, uh, but also is at the same time a place that we can go um, to make sure that we're connecting um, the entrepreneurs that we're working with as individual organizations with all of our other partner organizations that are aligned around that same vision, that same goal. So let me ask you a hard question because this then event inevitably comes up, which is given that uh, if you truly don't have a growth mindset where you think that collectively the sum of all the parts are better than individuals, uh, if you don't have that mindset, organizations sometimes get threatened by the fact that, you know, if I don't show that I'm doing great work, I don't get my funding, etc. How do you uh, kind of corral everybody and um, all of you feel that, okay, no matter 
who supports the entrepreneur as long as it's the right resource, we all win. How do you create that mindset? Yeah, so that's the messy part, right? That's the messy work that we have to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in the community that I am, that so many organizations here were willing or have been willing to show up to do that. Um, but that is a conversation that we have. And I'm glad that you brought that up because it's not all, um, not everything is, is uh, rose colored when it comes to those conversations. And so one of the things that we've been working toward, and I won't suggest that we've perfected, is really identifying each of our lanes when it comes to, um, in particular, supporting entrepreneurs uh, and startups and small businesses within our community and giving us each the opportunity to do what we do best and to communicate that this is what we do and this is what we do best. And oh, by the way, we have the added benefit of having a partner down the road that we can point you in the direction of um, to get the additional resource or a different resource that you might need. And one of the things that we've done, uh, and this actually came out of um, COVID and our collective response to COVID-19 is to convene a communications team that is made up of individuals from each of those organizations so that all of our messaging is consistent around that. And um, that whether you're getting that message from my organization or, or from the Chamber of Commerce or from the Downtown Development Authority or from Innovate Longmont or from eForAll, that it's a consistent message. And it's also being received by um, our individual audiences as coming from each of our individual organizations. So we're able to show how our collective impact is being contributed to by each individual organization and therefore making it easy, easier for us to um, talk about our individual impact as part of the collective. That's fascinating. In fact, I've had another ecosystem builder talk about this idea of sticking to your lane. And I mm -hmm. think that almost that speaks to how we should measure the maturity of a startup ecosystem. I know there are lo lots of measures and there are a lot of organizations like Startup Genome that kind of rank ecosystems, et cetera. But as we think about ecosystem building, I think the maturity is in that uh, you, you realize that you don't have to be good at everything, mm -hmm. that you want to be good at what you do and allow for others to come and fill the gaps. Um, and when the, when the ecosystem is not mature enough, it tends to have players wearing multiple hats when they don't have to, mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden they're like kind of cannibalizing each other's uh, businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I won't say that we've perfected it, but, um, and I will say that uh, the, um, the environment that we find ourselves in relative to COVID-19 and um, resource becoming resources becoming even more limited than they've always been has really accelerated that work for us. So that need for each of our organizations to be more efficient, more and more impactful at what we're best at and letting each other do what they're best at uh, simultaneously. And I would assume that that actually makes you better because now you can all collectively talk about your work when you go for uh, state dollars or when you go for federal dollars because you can better articulate what you do and collectively uh, you're stronger now versus uh, diluting the the story by everybody saying everybody's doing everything, I would assume. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
So let's talk a little bit more about kind of the programs you offer. Uh, I would leave it up to you to kind of talk to any particular one, but I'm curious about Innovate Longmont. And can you kind of mm -hmm. speak to uh, what Innovate Longmont does? Um, yeah, so Innovate Longmont is, um, it's a lot of things and it was really imagined to be and is evolving to be uh, kind of the entrepreneurial hub for Longmont. And so um, kind of shifting in the direction towards being um, one of those entry points to all of the resources within our entrepreneurial ecosystem. So they do a couple of things. They run um, an accelerator program, a cohort-based accelerator program, um, which they, uh, uh, two times a year. Um, and so they usually have about a half dozen uh, startups within each cohort. And they've been running that uh, since um, <laughs> since 2019. So um, 2019 and 2020, but even through 2020 have seen um, a great deal of success uh, with that and launching businesses out of that program. They also run a, a startup studio, which is a gathering of local entrepreneurs and innovators around um, specific challenges within our communities. So whether those be infrastructure or education or, um, or other challenges that our community faces as a whole, bringing some of the um, most talented innovators in our community together um, to collectively address those challenges. Um, and then they run a series of educational um, events as well as uh, demo days to highlight um, some of the entrepreneurs that have gone through their program. Uh, they're actually a 501c3 nonprofit organization that started as a program of Longmont Economic Development Partnership and has since spun out into its own um, entity, its own 501c3 organization. And so we're currently doing the work with them of understanding how we get to long-term uh, viability and sustainability of um, that program. And then within our entrepreneurial ecosystem, we're also very fortunate to have an organization called Entrepreneurship for All. Um, they're an organization that is based out of Massachusetts. Longmont is actually their first uh, program outside of Massachusetts. So as they started to look across the country at expansion locations, uh, they landed their first accelerator program here in Longmont. And their mission is really to help um, primarily individuals from underserved populations, minorities, immigrants, women, veterans, the previously unemployed to be able to pursue entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, they launched their program here in late 2018, um, but um, have been a great addition to our community as we look at economic development and entrepreneurial development, not just through the lens of growth, but also through um, prosperity and diversity, inclusion and equity. Um, we have a makerspace, it's the largest makerspace in the Mountain State region at Tinker Mill. Um, they have over 800 members and um, are also, from a physical space perspective, the largest uh, makerspace in, um, in the region. Um, and then we have, of course, our organization, as well as our Chamber of Commerce, Downtown Development Authority, Small Business Development Center that are all also playing a role in um, providing support and resources to uh, entrepreneurial and small businesses within our community. Can you speak to the impact of COVID-19 in your community and how uh, the small businesses have pivoted and also what kind of businesses are being uh, started up as a result of COVID-19? Because I would assume uh, a community that has such a rich culture around innovation 
uh, would would innovate a lot faster when it comes to these large problems. Yeah, absolutely. And so from a, um, it's been interesting to experience COVID-19 here in Longmont. I think it's a microcosm of what's happening both relative to individuals and how they're experiencing the pandemic and kind of nationally how it's being experienced because it's being experienced very differently um, across different industries. So of course, our main street businesses, our restaurants, our retailers, our uh, personal service providers, gyms and fitness facilities, hospitality industry have just like everywhere else been absolutely devastated by um, COVID-19 and primarily by the public health mandates that have required them to shut down or reduce capacity for now uh, almost a year. And uh, But then when we look at um, the sectors in our, our targeted industry sectors in our primary industry base, um, our, our uh, B2B uh, support companies, our um, food and beverage manufacturers, our um, manufacturers in general, our advanced manufacturers and technology companies um, have all fared relatively well um, throughout the pandemic and in some cases have done better as a result of the new technology and supply chain demands of of doing business in a COVID-19 world. And so a lot of our response has been around uh, how do we help to survive and then also to thrive in a post-pandemic world uh, those industries that have been hardest hit. And some of that is, you know, working with the SBDC and Innovate Longmont and E4All in um, helping companies, not necessarily to, or businesses, not necessarily to start new companies, but to adopt and adapt to uh, the new kind of technology requirements and um, di- just different modes of doing business that are prevalent during the pandemic, but we think will remain uh, post-pandemic as well. So things like online ordering, uh, food delivery services, uh, those kinds of, of businesses are um, are faring well and getting our locally owned and operated businesses that maybe weren't quite there from a technology perspective on board with some of those things, um, knowing that they're not going to go away when the pandemic does. Yeah, so uh, looking past COVID-19 and uh, the pandemic, what are some key initiatives specifically on entrepreneurship that you're looking at? Do you have like a five-year vision or a, or a long-term vision around what you want Longmont to be down the road specifically around entrepreneurship? Um, yeah, absolutely. So our, we actually um, adopted citywide an updated economic development strategy called Advanced Longmont 2.0. Um, creatively named after the original Advanced Longmont strategy. So now we're on 2.0, um, which we've um, adopted under a collective impact framework. Um, so really um, aligning all organizations, nonprofit, um, government, and civic organizations, education organizations, as well as the private sector around the same vision of Longmont and what we want it to be um, in the future and what the best version of Longmont will be three, five, 10 years from now. And one of the focus areas of that certainly is around how we are supporting um, entrepreneurship and innovation within our community. Um, That strategy has been adopted by all of the organizations that are involved in it. Our city council has adopted that as our own. So we're really as aligned as we've ever been around that same vision for the future of our community. 
and all of those focus areas within it. So relative specifically to entrepreneurship, um, our biggest push right now is uh, kind of the formalizing of that no wrong door ecosystem and uh, kind of a shared agreement amongst entrepreneurial support organizations to um, buy into that, to support that, and to make that a reality within our, our community. And one of the things about, um, you know, the collective impact approach to this kind of work is that it's not just about the doing, it's also about the learning. So it's as we do these things and take these approaches to um, solving some of our biggest challenges or taking advantage of some of our biggest opportunities, um, we may fail, we may stumble, but um, as important, again, as, as doing those things is what do we learn from that? And then what do we um, what do we continue to evolve and implement as we go forward? So uh, looking at entrepreneurship uh, within this uh, 2.0 strategy, uh, do you look at entrepreneurship to be, and I'm asking this because we talk about uh, entrepreneurship to be the way to prosperity and wealth creation better mm-hmm. than bringing in uh, outside companies to relocate, uh, you know, yeah. talking to people like Victor Wang from uh, uh, who used to work at the Kaufman Foundation and et cetera, uh, trying to create a national conversation around giving entrepreneurship a bigger center stage around economic development. Uh, how mm-hmm. do you look at that uh, in Longmont and the conversations you have? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with that more that, you know, seeding and starting and growing our own is um, the most effective path to um, a vibrant and resilient economy here locally. So um, businesses that are founded here, um, that are able to, that are supported here and that are able to grow here and begin to create jobs here and more investment here are typically more likely um, to stay here and to continue to um, invest in our community. Whereas um, an a business that's, you know, willing to move across the country for um, an incentive or for um, if they're willing to come here, they might be willing to go elsewhere um, for the same reason um, down the line. And then in a lot of cases, those companies, so it's not very often that you have a corporate headquarters, a large corporate headquarters that's moving across the country. Usually if they're um, doing something, it's uh, moving a a satellite facility from one location to the other. So in a lot of cases, HQ is somewhere on the other side of the country, generally on one of the coasts. And so there's a lot less um, community involvement, community investment, a lot less uh, kind of emotional attachment to our community when you have the headquarters of a company um, in another part of the country. And so when you have, again, those businesses that have been started here, uh, that have taken on local investment, um, that have been supported by the local entrepreneurial ecosystem and are now those, you know, evergreen companies that are are growing and creating jobs um, and becoming a part of our primary industry base. Um, those businesses are more likely to stay here and continue to invest in our community and to be involved in our community at a much deeper level than um, those that um, have come from somewhere else or are headquartered somewhere else. Okay, and. One other part that I haven't asked you about, but I've seen as part of uh, your 2.0 is around inclusion. How do you build inclusive uh, ecosystems? Because at the end of the day, when you say it's for everyone, it automatically excludes the people that you're trying to serve. Uh, So when it comes to 
intentionality, how do you create uh, that into your plan? Because I love the fact that you've made that one of your pillars. How, how are you planning on driving inclus- inclusivity in your ecosystem? Um, so for, for us, it's really about, um, and part of the reason that we undertook um, the challenge of adapting our economic development strategy to a collective impact framework is because that collective impact model is really about bringing all of the people to the table that should be um, participants in, in our case, the growth, the future growth of our community. Um, and so it's really about not just, um, again, we can't policy our way out of the challenges that we're facing as a community um, relative to diversity and equity and inclusion. Um, the only way that we're going to be able to address what are really systemic challenges, systemic national challenges um, at the local level is to bring everybody to the table to have really honest conversations about how um People's lived experiences are different around um, what they've experienced when they've gone to access capital, um, find investors, um, acquire real estate, all of those things that are necessary parts of starting and growing a business, um, how those lived experiences have been different across different parts of our um, our population, different um, people within our community we can't solve those problems unless we know what those lived experiences are and identify the systems that are um, in place that are creating uh, that environment and then addressing those issues at a systemic level versus at a transactional level. And I love how you've used kind of data to be able to set those clear Mm -hmm. uh, measurements uh, and clear paths to where you want to go because not everybody uh, uses data-driven decision making, so you know I'm I'm just fascinated by just looking at your report, and uh, I'm uh, curious to see when you know when the next report comes out how you're able to measure these trends uh, over time. Yeah, that's the challenge. Um, so I appreciate that, and we you know we do try to take as much of a data-informed approach as possible while also keeping a mind to and a heart to uh, the human component or the human element of, of the work that we're doing. Yeah. So a couple more questions. One, uh, for practitioners of ecosystem building that are listening to this podcast, what are some uh, missteps that, I wouldn't say missteps or things that are lessons learned that you've seen along your way that uh, you can share with us that probably they could either avoid or at least learn from? Um, yeah, so I think uh, the primary motivator for us to kind of evolve from our original advanced long want strategy to advanced long want 2.0 is that the original advanced long want strategy was very transactional. It was check these boxes and you will be done. Um, and we recognize that um, the work that we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish for our community, um, that work will never be done, um, will always be um, learning and evolving and, and what we call building our neural network and institutional knowledge so that we can, as we know better, we can do better. And so I think um, there's always this, um, I just heard a term recently called action bias. And that's, um, that's significant in the kind of work that we do in ecosystem building in economic development is this bias towards wanting to get things done and get things done quickly. Um, when we think about our economic development strategy, our entrepreneurial development strategy, um, 
we want to think about uh, the long term. Like this is a longer game. This isn't these aren't boxes that we can check, but this is transformational change that we're trying to drive within our community. And so I think there's this um, this desire to get things done and get things done quickly. I think there's often a lot of pressure um, from our city leaders and um, from our community to check boxes and, and check them quickly. Um, but I would say make sure that when you get into doing this kind of work that you're in it for the long game and that you're um, willing to and have the kind of a thick skin to be able to take um, in stride those, that pushback that you're not getting enough done fast enough um, because ultimately you're going to be doing um, a better thing for your community by really investing in um, taking an intentional um, visionary approach, transformational approach to the work that you're doing. The last one is uh, where can entrepreneurs find out more about your work and how can they kind of follow along uh, the journey that you're on and is there a way to kind of even be a part of the story that Longmont is on? Um, yeah, absolutely. So our advanced Longmont strategy and um, all of the strategic initiatives of that and uh, the data that inform that strategy, as well as the, the measures of success that we'll be uh, measuring against are available at advanced.longmont.org. Uh, which is the website that's dedicated to our Advanced Longmont 2.0 strategy and has the specific um, entrepreneurial ecosystem building work as part of it. Um, we also, Longmont Economic Development Partnership, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And uh, uh, Innovate Longmont is also on all of those uh, social media channels as well as has um, a website, innovatelongmont.org. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much for your time. This is such a fascinating conversation. I feel like I want to keep going, uh, but <laughs> we'll bring you back uh, uh, to kind of see where your uh, journey has been and, and some of the other lessons you've learned along the way. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would love that. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast for entrepreneurship community practitioners hosted by David Ponraj. Special thanks to Jessica Erickson for joining us. Cover art by show manager and creative director Mackenzie Dial Fritcher. Edited and produced by Lauren Bernard. If you'd like to suggest interviewees, new topics, or just want to reach out, please email us at podcast at startupspace.app. All Breaking Down Barriers episodes are available on our website or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Feel free to rate, review, and subscribe for all the latest updates.